Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 206 of Sack King's Therapy. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the news with, about the Kings, some news around the NBA, and then also some WWE news. Um, I, I'm, mm, we'll, we'll talk about it when it happens. But anyways, my co-host uh, Fong is here with me. Hello. Okay, let's get started right away. Um, so, it was announced uh, via in, via Twitter and Instagram. It was kind of weird. There wasn't an insider that announced it, but the Kings signed Matthew Della Dadova uh, to, to their third guard. And yeah, uh, what were your thoughts when you first heard about it? Uh, I thought it was a good pickup. I mean, from what I've heard, he still plays as hard as he does in terms of defense. And, you know, he's a great locker room presence. Uh I don't know how much of a great locker room presence he is compared to Shump, but I mean, whatever we can take, he's going to be there for sure. Well, you know, one thing he does have in familiarity with Shump, he was in the same locker room as Shump mm-hmm. during, during that time. So, and of course, he's definitely not the personality of it. I doubt he'll provide, like, I doubt he'll provide that sort of presence. I don't know. I'm not even saying leadership. I'm just saying presence in the locker room, man. I think he, I think he'll be fine. Like this, this is a signing where it's the third guard in case, like you know, God forbid, like De'Aaron or Davion get injured, like Delhi can kind of step up a little bit and just fill a role. But as long as those two are healthy, uh, likely he is not going to get too many minutes. Yeah, sadly, as the third option behind those two, I yeah I doubt to see him play more than five a game actually. Well, I, I'm, I imagine a lot of DMPs because, like, he's – yeah, you, as you mentioned, he's probably, like, the third point guard option, but it's not even really that. Like, you know, Sabonis is kind of a point guard on the floor. There's, you know, TD can function a bit as a point guard, and, like, they're going to run Malik Monk a little bit and even maybe even some Kevin Herter, at, like, trying to initiate offense. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of games where Delhi doesn't play. He's going to be break glass in, in case of emergency. So – you just mentioned he has uh, he has like leadership and kind of presence in the locker room. And he is, for the most part, from what I heard, a great teammate. So mm-hmm. like, he, you know, that's what he'll mostly function as. It's more of just kind of a leader in the locker room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised between Delhi and Quinn Cook that Delhi actually got the upper hand. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard much about Quinn Cook lately since, uh, you know, we were deciding between him and Cook and uh uh, I, the Shabazz Napier. That's right. Yeah. Wait, is this Shabazz Muhammad? Or, no, Shabazz Muhammad. No, it's not Shabazz oh. Napier. Napier is the point guard, which that's ironic. That's weird. Well, why don't we hit him up? I guess he's not good anymore, maybe, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> get confused with a bunch of Shabazzes. But, anyways, yeah. Um, I don't know what happens to the Quinn Cook thing from. From what I heard from James Ham is that he might have wanted a bigger role where Delhi hasn't actually played in the NBA like in, I think, two years and is just looking for a way back in. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, why not? Like, oh, by the way, uh, Andrew Bogut kind of predicted this. I don't know if he actually knew anything or maybe was just talking out of his ass and just happened to kind of get the scoop on it or happened to kind of guess right. But, yeah, there's there's something there, and I I hope I hope like maybe we do get to see Delhi a little bit. He will become a fan favorite if he plays for sure. Mm, oh yeah, for sure. 
you know, there's one thing that NBA, that fans love in sports, a guy that hustles like crazy. And of course, like we do have to mention, I personally never believed he was dirty. He does have a lot of instances of like players saying he's dirty and just pissing off players. I personally don't think he's dirty, but he will bring that kind of edge for the most part, I think, to the Kings for better or for worse. Mm, him combined with Monk, I could see, <laughs> I want to say a fret, but. Well, uh, well, he's not an instigator. He's more of just kind of a guy that will take the hard foul if need be and kind of, let's just say, over hustles a little bit, a little bit reckless hustle is what mm, I call it. I see. Um, oh. Malik Monk is more of an instigator. I see. Well, hopefully when he does play, it comes to our favor because, you know, refs aren't kind. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. But like, you know, again, a locker room presence, like there's is no, it's a no risk signing. Like the worst case scenario, you just cut him. Like that, mm-hmm. that's just the worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. Um, another part, another big news surrounding the Kings. Uh, Mur- it never was really announced, but Murray has a had a minor uh, procedure on his wrist, a minor surgery uh, procedure, whatever you want to say. Apparently, he had it scoped out. Basically, they stuck a they stuck a scope in there and kind of did some uh, basically did some cleanup around his uh, in his wrist. And he's wearing a cast. And the reason why I say it hasn't really been announced is because it was kind of accidentally leaked, if you will, because um, the, the Murrays, uh, Chris Murray, his brother and him were getting inducted into their high school hall of fame. They were partying and like they basically they put a bunch of pictures where they actually managed to avoid showing his wrist, but they couldn't they couldn't like run away, run away from it forever. They managed to get a picture of him in a limo with a cast on his right hand oh my god is it is it is it the, is it the king's doomsday is it is it all over is he gonna be out for the entire season yeah uh, i think he should be fine he should be fine oh that's interesting the picture that i saw with him in the cast was him talking to uh i guess the current high school's team uh like i guess in a speech form and that's where i saw the cast and then they switched it to a picture of uh, him taking a picture next to his, I guess, high school uh, jersey that they're going to induct into, I guess, their Hall of Fame. I don't know. What school did he go to? I'm actually kind of curious. Where's he from, actually? I'm actually not sure. Yeah, I totally forgot. I I, <laughs> I watched a, a documentary about him, too. Look, look, at, look at up while, while I talk, but... Uh, for the most part, James Ham has said it's just a minor procedure. Um, he should be good for training camp, although like they couldn't like James Ham tried to nail down a time a timetable. They would not give it to him. Let's just you know put our hands together, pray to God that this is nothing major because the Kings have had a weird history of just weird injuries happening. Like you know Harry Giles uh, is a, is the name that kind of comes up. It's like oh he he'll be fine, and then all of a sudden he's out like out of training camp and doesn't sh- doesn't play a game until like midway through the season. Like I just hope it's not one of those situations. Mm-hmm. So the high school or he is from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Iowa. He, okay. he went to two high schools, one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is Prairie High School, and moved on to Daytona Beach, Florida, where he attended DME Academy. 
Yeah. That, that's a tough thing about like nowadays in high school, like high school basketball and AAU, you have to kind of move around to these academies. You have to go to IMG and like uh, Oak Hill and all that stuff. Like you just, you have to do so much um, today to make the NBA. And we never really think about that of just how hard it is. Yeah, it's tough, but I guess that's why you don't see too many homegrown, um, I guess, NBA uh, talent uh, when it comes to Sacramento, really. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm thinking about make, get, getting an NBA child as well, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll have to figure <laughs> out how to, you know, get through the circuit, put his ass in AAU and do, do some do some stuff. I don't know. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, hmm. Do, do I do I move him to like wherever the hell Oak Hill is and IMG is in Florida? I know that, but uh, yeah, that that's gonna be interesting. And yeah. NBA kids coming maybe, but probably not. Yeah, it's a, it's just a competition in itself, really. You're competing for a spot. Yeah, and everyone wants that spot, and you know, it's just it's tough. And uh, yeah, okay, let, let's move on. Um, so. Um, I just want to bring up some some extra topics about the Kings, um, basically coming from the Kings beat ESPN 1320 and maybe even some of Deuce and Mo. I did, I did watch an episode. But I don't think I watched the full thing, but um, there's there's actually talks that the uh, basically behind the scenes, James Ham says the people that he's talked to, they haven't really nailed down the starter next to De'Aaron just yet. And of course, trading camp hasn't happened. So it's that's normal. But the, the thing that stood out to me was the idea that don't count out how big of a how big of a role Davion is going to play. So specifically, there is a real there is a real scenario where he is the starter next to Aaron. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, do you think he? <laughs> I mean, you've been always talking about Davion wanting to uh, start next to De'Aaron. You think he's ready? I honestly like I'm I'm an advocate for it just because De'Aaron's kind of better at guarding two guards anyways and like you can put Davion on the point guard and like the one thing that that you know the final like stretch of games where De'Aaron and Sabonis was out like it it showed that Davion can do that for like you know play lockdown defense while running the team pretty competently well like, you know, contributing a lot on offense, being actually being the main option on offense while do, like doing his defensive pestering. Like he can, I think he can do that. Like as a starter, like you play him 36 minutes and he is going to hound the shit out of whoever the hell he's guarding. And that, and that can like, and one of the big issues with the Kings is that they don't have, they didn't have a guy like that caught that, like they basically didn't have a starter that, you know, could do offense and defense, like, you know, for 36 minutes. And I think Davion could be that guy that, again, hounds the shit out of the, out of like the, whoever the one or the two is, which one is better, and also be competent on offense. And I think Davion has a very, very good chance to be that. And that's why I think he should start next to De'Aaron, who can take care of the offense and just play competent enough defense to get around and let, you know, Davion do the heavy lifting on that end. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that working in, on the defensive end. Uh, on the offensive end, I mean, Davion is improving in terms of offense from, I guess, his training that he does almost every single day. Uh, I'm just hoping that he can produce uh, good enough numbers because I'm assuming if that's going to happen, it's going to be Davion Fox, 
Herder at free, maybe, and then Barnes, then uh, what you want to call it? Who? Sabonis. Sabonis. Why did I even blank out for that? <laughs> um, look, the the starter thing is very very fluid. Honestly, my number one starting lineup would be you know Fox, Herder, Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis. But there is a real possibility where it could be Davion, Fox. Uh, Barnes, um, and Barnes, Sabonis, and Rashawn, because you you're gonna need some size down there if you if you're gonna start a backcourt like that small. Mm. Uh, like, it, it, look, it's gonna be very fluid. The possibilities are endless. And Mike Brown, I, I talked about in the last uh, episode. Like, Mike Brown's a defensive coach, and he's gonna probably prioritize defense over offense. Now, whether that's good or bad, like it's up to you to figure out. I thought like Alvin Gentry leaned way too much on offense last year, and and Luke when he was here, like playing Buddy all those goddamn minutes when his ass when I wanted to bench his ass so bad. Like mm-hmm. Mike Brown, I assume is going to prioritize defense over offense, and Rashawn fits into that, and Davion fits into that mold. So like we'll mm-hmm. see what happens, but it's going to be interesting. But Davion is going to have a big role whether he's starting or coming off the bench. He is going to mm-hmm. play 30 minutes. Yeah, I feel like the offense will start off slow during the beginning of the season. That's my opinion. Uh, but I, I feel like the chemistry that we've grown throughout, you know, during the offseason and hopefully throughout the next season will, you know, eventually develop. And uh, hopefully by the, I guess you could say, all-star break, everything meshes well together. What do you think Terrence Davis's role is going to be? Like, he is Mm. like with Malik Monk. That's why I've always kind of been very sketchy on Malik Monk being on the team. I'm okay with it more or less now, just because I'm a fan of the team. I'll always justify whatever the hell they do. But, like, I always thought that Terrence Davis was kind of Malik Monk in a way. Malik Monk is probably better on offense with probably a better handle. Mm. But, like, now that you have Malik Monk, like, what do you think his role will be? Oh, man, that's do you, tough. Actually, do you envision a big role for him at all? That's tough because I feel like almost every other season that Terrence Davis is with us, he's being swept under the rug by another player. So I don't want to say he, he should be the third option behind Herter and Monk. I, I feel like he should have some sort of play time, but man... I just don't know how much minutes we could give him to have him produce anything, really. I I mean, like the King, uh, what's it called? The Kings beat guys like brought up this idea. Like he legitimately could be the backup three for us. Like you, you have Herder who's going to play, some, who's probably going to end up playing some minutes there no matter what. Um, you have Barnes who's going to be the starter at that position if not keegan murray but i assume keegan murray is going to actually like start we'll see what happens if he doesn't start but there is a ve- there is a way that this the way that this roster plays out that he terrence davis could be a backup three and he actually was really good as a backup three last year hmm. or like playing at the three we actually had a really good like not a great record but like the stats with him starting at the three were actually really good oh i see and that's another thing. There's a lot, there are a lot of like good lineups that involve Terrence Davis in some way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He again, I always thought like he was a he was a lethal shooter. His shot selection was really it, it like questionable. But like 
if you have some bonus and like you have guys creating from just open shots where you can just catch and shoot or maybe attack the closeout. I thought he was really good in that position. And I, I assume there's going to be like more opportunities for him to do that and, you know, keep it simple. We'll see how it plays out, but I'm actually really excited to see what TD can do. And like, you're going to have two gunners coming off the bench. Like you're going to have like scoring mm-hmm. and we'll see how that plays out. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a really good, um performance bounce back year from terrence davis uh this year okay i guess we'll see because like i said i i want the starting lineup to be figured out then i mean the bench could be whatever really yeah um you know i think we have a pretty strong bench as well like even even if you look at guys like you know um you know, guys like Alex Len, he's a solid starter. Like Trey Lyles, remember him? Like, yeah, I know. He's, I thought he was good. Like yeah. when he was here, Metsu, like Metsu is is a good energy player. I there there was I sent you a I sent you a um I sent you a video where basically he was working on his moves in a in a pickup game where he looked really nice. He's doing dribble moves. He's doing spin moves. He's doing like all these crazy shots. I swear to God, if he does that in game. Mike Brown is sending his ass to the bench. I hope. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love I love Metsu. It, like if he if Metsu keeps it simple and just dunks and just dunks and maybe a three every now and then, like off, like I that's what I'm looking forward to from him. Like I think we have a pretty decent bench. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we definitely do compared to previous years. I gotta say. Or like theoretically, like Buddy technically is a really good player. He just doesn't didn't fit this team, but I think mm-hmm. this team fits a lot better. We'll see how the Malik Monk and the Terrence Day. That's kind of where I see a bit of a log jam, just because both guys are relatively similar size. Although I think uh, Terrence Davis is able to like hold off, like hang on, like against threes, but like they're they're kind of the same player in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. All right, let all right. So let, let let's play this game real quick. There are certain players that I think will not be will be on the team or will not be on the team. I'm gonna ask you who you think like are is gonna stay on this team. So okay, Harrison Barnes. Uh, if a big trade doesn't come down, then he's staying. Okay, would you be okay with extending him, like say one or two years? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I actually would do an extension with him if you can't find a trade for him. Uh, but like, I like you need more guys like Harrison Barnes. Every team needs a Harrison Barnes. Like, you can say like, well, this team needs to tank. Fine, but at the same, we've kind of hung on to him for this long. You got to see it through. Like, even if he comes back without an extension, I would just play it out and see what happens. I, even if he probably isn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence Davis. For now, he's staying. He's he's on a pretty cheap contract, if I remember correctly. Four million dollars, yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm keeping him. Dear, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, that's another guy that if he's not gone in a trade, then we're still keeping. Uh, I, we'll get to him later. I, I would prefer to trade him, honestly. Yeah. But... So I wouldn't be the most angry if he's not on this team. He's good. Like Rashad mm-hmm. is good. And yeah. honestly, I want to see that. I want to see Rashad and Sabonis play together. Spacing be damned. 
Yeah. Like you got some finally got some defense because Sabotas is not great at rim protection. Granted, Rashawn isn't great either, but like you need a guy next to him that can kind of protect the rim. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I love Rashawn in this team. It's just that if there was a trade that had to revolve around him, I mean we can't do much about it. He he has to go. I honestly I actually think they should call it the Clippers and ask about Terrence Mann. Mm. See what you can do there because they lost uh Hardenstein. And like Hardenstein was really good for them last year. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the floater of doom from Hardenstein, you know, who really has a good floater as a big man, like Rashawn Holmes, like hit, hit up the Clippers, see what you can do there. Maybe. I don't know if uh, Clippers are willing to give up Trey Mann one-on-one for Rashawn though. Not one-on-one. We'll figure something out, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, you know, you, you have too many damn wings, actually. Like, you couldn't play all of them. Like, Terrence Mann did not play a lot during the playing games, well, as far as I remember. And, like, you, you know, if you're not going to play him, give him to us. We'll play him. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would. Uh, that's funny. Josh Jackson and Jeremy Lamb are still on this team or on the roster. That's funny. Oh. Um, Alex <laughs> Led. Mm. He's also on the cheap contract. But he brings that big man kind of mentality. But uh, I like Alex Glenn, but I want to see um, the Mize Kata. So that's the tricky part, right? Like, you need to get rid of one of Rashawn or Len just so you can get Kata some minutes. Because I, yeah. Kata showed some, some stuff in Summer League. He's not ready yet, I don't think. But, like, you got to give him some minutes here and there and just kind of live with, live with the results. And that will mean that one of Alex Len or Rashawn Holmes is gone. And we'll see if, if, if Trey materializes. But, like, make no mistake, like, down the stretch, Alex Len was not – was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you didn't want him to be good at that point because you wanted to tank. But, like, he was good. Like, they don't win the Orlando game with, without him. I, I think he – I don't think he played in the Rockets game, but there were a few games where, like, he was really good. Yeah, he was, like – He's a great rebounder. He's a great, I mean, just straight up dunker, inside he's just, man. He's just big. Yeah, pretty much. Seven foot, strong man. But like I said, I wish we saw more Namias Kato last season. But yeah, it's it has to come down between those two, sadly. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, hopefully some sort of trade happens because this deadlock with the KD and Kyrie situation just – Two agents of destruction who don't understand that they're agents of destruction. Just, it's so annoying. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Trey Lyles. Oh, definitely keeping him. He he has shown real great promises last season. Yeah, I don't know why he gets lipped out of conversation so much, like, in terms of, like, the lineup and, like, a guy that can contribute. Like, you know, I, maybe he's not a starter. I thought he was fine as a starter for the most part. I don't know why I didn't play more. But, like, he... You know, if he's like a 15 minute per game guy, that's perfect for him. Like, you know, he's he's a good sh- he's a decent shooter. He's he's huge, by the way. He's like six. He's a good six. He's listed at six nine. He, he looked way bigger than me, way bigger to me. But like he's he's huge. He's tough. He can rebound. He can shoot. And he's a smart cutter. Like I you get you need guys like him. And I don't think there he's not a, he's not exactly a spectacular player by any means, but he's good. And I really liked him when he played. And I don't know why he's not talking about as much, but he's a guy I would love to keep. 
Yeah, he's definitely a good like ten point per game, maybe. Yeah, no, I would say like maybe six, seven at, at this point. He's not going to play enough minutes to get ten. Mm, sadly enough, yeah. Uh, Chemezi Metsu. Yeah, I'd keep him. Uh, he uh, gives us great energy uh, coming off the bench, and uh, his contract too is. Fairly cheap, if I remember correctly. One point seven million, and you know yeah. that that's a lot of that's a lot of money for him. Like you know, he's he came up as a two way, and like again, like when Valanciunas broke his wrist, like we thought his career was over, and that was some bullshit. But he's a guy that I will always say cherishes his minutes and plays hard as hell. Now, is he really an NBA player? That's actually debatable. Again, if he just like takes out the dribbling, the mid range shots, the kind of and one mixtape moves. I'm I I love him like athletic as hell cutter, mm-hmm. um you know just the guy who's tough and will play hard as long as he's out there, like I, I really like him. I just wish he just wouldn't dribble and honestly wouldn't shoot that many threes. He's just not a good shooter. But with Alvin Gentry gone, or he's still in the organization, he might he might still shoot threes. But like as long as he doesn't shoot as many threes and tries to do something else, like trying to maybe like run an offense a little bit more, I'm okay with it. He's he's a he's a good player. Yeah, just limit him from maybe one or two a game, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was the thing I really didn't like about last year. Like everyone was encouraged to shoot. Yeah, for and we just didn't have this roster to really do that. Like if you're the if you're the 2018 Rockets, fine. Like you have a bunch of shooters who can light it up, but that's not the team we had. And Metsu kind of unfortunately fell into that hole where like everyone just spaced the floor and shoot instead of mm-hmm. maybe cutting for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that kind of covers everyone. I mean, there's there's Kata. He's gonna be on the team. Like, um, so that's gonna be the roster. Again, the big the big trade that we are waiting to happen just is not happening um there's actually two trades that are happening and like or that are you know planned to happen but nothing's going on right now and you know it's deadlocked the entire league into doing nothing yeah it's been quite quite boring i gotta say still it's it's been like two weeks of almost nothing really i mean we signed delhi that's a that's a big deal yeah that is a big deal but it's like one thing for the Kings. And it's like, come on, man. Where are the big trades? Where are the big trades coming? Mm-hmm. But okay. Um, just I mean, quickly, like I mentioned uh going for Terrence Mann um with Rashawn Holmes. Like, who else would you be looking for um outside of like Terrence Mann? Uh man. <laughs> but uh yeah, I would say another wing pretty much another wing really i'm trying to think of what i mean cam reddish is the is the is the guy that i think would be perfect on on the kings Mm -hmm. the thing is that the the knicks are deadlocked right now apparently with utah about a package Um, oh again like if the kings can sneak in there and snatch cam reddish that's amazing i don't know how they will do it but because like Rashawn would be the guy probably you would trade for him, but like they uh-huh. already have two centers that they overpaid for, so I, I don't think that will work. Um, so yeah, you you mentioned a wing, a per- perfect like is a wing, a guy who's about six seven, six eight, who can play both ends of the floor. Um, who's a, who's another like Robert Covington even, 
Like, I know he just got an extension, so I don't know if he can trade. I think he can. Robert Covington, I think, would be pretty nice on this team. Um, mm-hmm. who, who else? Let me think. I'm pretty sure John Collins is out of the picture now, huh? John Collins is not really a wing. He's more of a four, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, John – and, of course, you have to give up, like, something substantial to get him. And I, I would push for it, but I don't see how the Kings can do it at this point. Yeah. Uh, like um, a wing. Who who would be good? So uh, for some reason, I'm thinking the Lakers. But I mean, T A. If you can get THT, the problem is I don't know what they want. Rashawn. They just signed Damian Jones. Like you know, yeah, poor, a poor man's uh, Rashawn in a way. Uh. I don't want to think too hard on it. Well, yeah, for now, uh, yeah, again, Cam Reddish, uh, THT, and uh, THT is actually on the smaller end. I would probably want something a little bigger. That's why Cam Reddish fits that mold a lot better. Terrence Mann is also on the smaller side of the wing scale, but, like, those are the kind of guys I would look for for to fill out the Kings because like mm-hmm. they do just need another wing and like of course we signed two wings Chima Moneki and uh, Casey Okpala. We'll see if these guys even play and even make training camp because they're they're going to be one way players and like if they can't score on offense, which they're projected to not be great shooters, like they might not be able to see the floor unfortunately. So like. We, we have the prototype for those players, but we need to figure out, like, a better solution than just them if in case they don't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the trade deadline coming down during the season, so there's that, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how things play out. Um, okay, moving on. A quick prediction. What do you think will be the Kings' offensive and defensive rankings? Throw out two numbers for me. I want to say at least for offense – top 15 and defense it has to surpass top 20 so i'm gonna say top 15 as well really have you have you never watched the kings (laughs) (laughs) top top 20 that's ambitious to say the least (laughs) um i mean like if mike brown can get us to a top fit you said top 20 or top 15 15 for both top 15 defense if he can get us to a top 15 defense like I don't, I don't like that a lot of, like, players are, are calling themselves Black Jesus. Mike Brown is the real Black Jesus. That's his new nickname. <laughs> he is the real Black Jesus before being able to do that. To, to transform a team that, by the way, in, two, in the last 16 years, has been in the top 20 twice. Like, that's how bad. And, like, the other times they have it, they're, like, in the low 20s most of the time. Oh yeah, and it's and of course, like I actually talked about this a little bit on the la- on the last uh, epi- on the last episode. Like Mike Brown doesn't have to get us to a top fifteen defense; he just needs to make sure we're top twenty five, and like that's an improvement. Like that's the lo- that's how low the bar is, and like of course, he doesn't have like Draymond to work with. He doesn't have Kavan Looney. He doesn't have Andrew Wiggins. Like we don't need to be top five. Like you, you want to talk about like a Hail Mary, like you just need to be not absolute shit. Mm-hmm. And like, if he could get us to a top 15 defense again, 
He is the real black Jesus. And of course, I actually think like, uh, like offense, I think we're going to be like top 12. Now defense, I think we're going to be probably in the top, like in the top 20 somewhere or not Mm. top 20, like in the bottom 20, like not breaking through 20, just because Kings didn't really sign a lot of defensive players for the most part. Like the guys that are going to play for the most part, aren't going to be like defensive like players. Malik Mug is not a good defender. De'Aaron Fox has not been a good defender for a while. Sabonis, not a great defender, even though I think he's really good positionally. Like, it's going to be a struggle, but I think, like, if Mike Brown can just, you know, get some good fundamentals in there, I think you can actually squeeze a top, like, a bottom 20 deep, like, right around the 20th defense in the league. Let's see. I mean... I feel I have pretty high hopes in terms of their defense uh, coming off next season. Um, I forgot, to be honest, I don't remember our defensive rating from last season. Was it, like, 27? I want to say 27 or 28. I don't remember. Yeah. 15, I, that's a, I mean, it's a high bar, but that's that's what I'm hoping for from this It also hasn't been done in the last 16 years. Yeah. Have now, we even broke 15? Now, now does, does Mike Brown carry the weight of that? No, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to get out of a get out of a roster that just isn't that great. Now, granted, Mike Brown was able to get that 2014 or 2013 Cleveland team to the 13th best or 13 or 14th best defense. And you look at that roster, it's like young Tristan Thompson, it's young Kyrie Irving. I think Delhi was on that roster, I believe. Like it's not a great roster. And he managed to squeeze a 13th best defense in the league out of that. So Mike Brown, I think, can work some magic. I I still think 15 is ambitious, to say the least. Mm. But, oh. you know, if he does, he is the real Black Jesus. Yeah. That's his new nickname. We're building a statue right away. We're going to put the monument right in front of the entrance. Okay. Uh, really quickly, I just want to talk about this. I don't think it's actually anything. Sac- Kings have expressed interest in Donovan Mitchell. Now, I don't, like, I keep listening to the Kings beat, ESPN 1320, Sacramento, the Sacramento uh, media. They have not brought up the fact that I don't think you can trade for Donovan Mitchell with De'Aaron Fox on the roster. So it actually, I believe it has to be um, a, a trade between the two. Now, let, but let's just say in a world where you can keep De'Aaron Fox, would you do this trade? In a world to keep De'Aaron Fox and somehow get Donovan Mitchell, my goodness, that that would require a lot of assets from us. We have them. It's just that it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Jazz would take them, but like we do have them. If the Jazz somehow take our five picks, possibly, and I'm gonna say we're we're gonna have to get rid of one of our shooting guards at this point, maybe. TV. It might it'll probably have to be Davion, which will make yeah, me very uh, sad. Which yeah. Very sad. I mean, that's what we said about Tyrese. Go trade, trade someone big to get someone big. I, I will say, like, let's say, like, if we do um, offer five draft picks. Now, the, the Knicks can offer up to eight. But if you think about it, you put Donovan Mitchell on that roster, like, they're probably not going to be a terrible team, most likely. And also most of those picks are like heavily protected because they're from other teams uh, that basically protected those picks. So like those picks are not as attractive as you, as you think, or as it sounds, eight draft picks sounds a lot better than like five of those are top 20 protected. Um, 
but if I were to make a bet, like of whose whose draft picks are going to be better, you pick the Kings' picks every single time. This damn this damn team has not made the playoffs for the last sixteen goddamn years. They're going to be in the lottery more than likely. Like, and also you trade Donovan Mitchell onto this team, and like you keep De'Aaron Fox. I don't think they can. You keep De'Aaron Fox. That is a terrible defense. <laughs> that is that is you know a bunch of like a bunch of that is basically traffic cones. There's going to be the traffic cone defense, and it's it's going to be ugly. They're going to score, but at the same time, we've seen what 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 that looks like. Even with like one of the best defenders in the league and Rudy Gobert, you still can't really defend at all. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty big red sea out there, but. Uh... What you might call it, yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, I don't. I can't imagine our offense being that much better than it. Should. I I think it, I think it'll be a lot better, but you're not gonna have any defense. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna win more games? Probably a little bit, but not too we many. Want, we want thirty games. We're gonna win more games. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we should, we should, uh, we should have done a prediction on how many games we would win for next season. Um, oh you know, yeah, we, we can talk, we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, uh, but I don't think the Donovan Mitchell thing is a real thing. They probably just asked, Hey, how much would it take, um, for Donovan Mitchell? Oh, uh, oh, everyone and like all our draft picks, bye. Like <laughs> that, that's cool, that's expressed interest. Now, if it's a free team trade, like we've been talking about earlier. Would you be the third team to get Donovan or no? No, definitely. I mean, they, we're good. Well, here's the thing: they don't have anyone that really interests me. They they already traded away Russell Neal. Like Bogey isn't really a guy that I'm that interested in. Like he'd be interesting, but if you have to give up, like say Harrison Barnes to get him, I'm not that interested in it. Um, Jordan Clarkson is whatever to me. I don't I don't love him. Um, like who else is on that team that interests you? Mm. Yeah, see exactly. So, Un- or unless you can get Jared Vanderbilt, or hell, Patrick Beverly wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That would be interesting, but man, that would be <laughs> it'd be messy. I, I I need to look through the roster again to get a better idea. Uh, you mentioned about predicting the win totals for uh, the Kings. Now I have not checked the updated um, list, the updated up over unders, but they were listed at 31 and a half on one betting, one sports book and 32 and a half on another. Do you think the Kings will win more than 32 games this, this season? I want them to win 50, 50. So that's pretty much 41, 41. <laughs> Cause I was going to ask you, like, if I were to ask you to put money down, you probably would put money on the over on the 32. Mm-hmm. Would you put money on 38? Ooh. See, that was that was where it got tricky because like they're definitely I think they're definitely gonna win more than 32 with this yeah. new roster. But, but just there's there's just a part of me is like things could something weird is gonna happen, and like there's a good chance they don't break 38. Yeah, but I want like I said, I want to see high hopes from them. That's why I'm predicting a 41-41 at the minimum, hopefully. So hopefully they break the 50 mark for that. Okay, uh, fair enough. Uh, I I think they're going to be around the 40 
probably like just under 40, like 39 again uh, would be where I would put them. Best case scenario, they win 44 and maybe sneak into the third, uh, the sixth seed, third seed, <laughs> the sixth seed. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and like, you know, the Kings haven't been great at taking taking advantage of like certain opportunities. Like, for example, just like the Pelicans being so shit early in the year and then like the Lakers dropping out. Every year, there's going to be something weird that's going to happen, and a team is going to drop out for some reason. So, like, there's always going to be opportunity for the Kings. They just need to take the opportunity and take take advantage of the opportunity, I mean. Mm. Yeah, we'll see because, I mean, same with other teams. Anything could happen with those teams in terms of what, I mean, natural causes or whatnot really so hopefully we'll sneak into the play-in and i feel like the play-in and uh, getting to the eighth seed around that spot is still gonna be tough in the west yeah and 100 we are going to be doing what the timberwolves are going to do we are going to there are going to be people crying in the stands there's going to be somebody who's going to do what patrick beverly did who, who, who do you think that would be oh would it be dear I don't think it'd be De'Aaron. He's not this. It might actually be Davion. I've heard a lot of shit talk. But maybe people have been talk. People say that t- Davion talks a lot of shit. Apparently. Hmm. So far, I don't recall seeing him do that in like in game. So maybe he has a change of mindset coming off his sophomore year. So we'll see. You know what that actually shows about the Kings. What's that? Where we, we need someone like no, we need someone like a Patrick Beverly, a guy that's just fully emotionally invested, who will mm. who will just say wild shit, do wild shit, and just is the is the emotional. I'm emotional leader of the team. I'm actually very curious of like what losing Pat Bev actually means to that team, because he was the emotional leader. I know like probably Ant, Ant is the best player and probably gonna step up as the leader of that team. But like Patrick Beverly was the was like the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, I, I and really he just replaced him with Rudy Gobert. It can't be Monk then. Monk hasn't if been it, here. Well, then again, Patrick Beverly wasn't there long. Hmm. It, it might be Monk. You might be right. Monk would be probably the closest guy to that. But it's it's not going to be Patrick Beverly levels, of course. But no, no. But like we are one hundred percent throwing a goddamn parade and looking like we won the championship. We make the playoffs. It's been sixteen goddamn years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And yeah, Timberwolves—they're down in the basement with us. I mean, granted, they're out of the basement now. But like you think about it, like what well, one playoff, one playoff like birth in what since two thousand and four. All, all the way until last year and also they've only been out of the first round once in their entire history and that was 04 with kg by the way kg all-time an all-time player but because of his team was so was so shit you know he's not really mentioned as one of the greatest of all time he is one of the i in my opinion he's one of the greatest players of all time mm-hmm. just oh, happened yeah. to rot on the on the tip rules for so long yeah sadly enough Anyways, okay. Uh, on to national news. So there was a there was a snippet from Sham Sharania that said the Celtics offered Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, and the Nets countered with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a pick, and Derek White. They I think they originally offered Derek White, but basically you're going to put in Marcus Smart and a few draft picks was their counter offer. My my question to you: 
would you trade Jalen Brown for Marcus or no, for Marcus for KD? I would say no, in my opinion. Okay, I mean, make your case. Make your case. I I still think Jalen Brown is. I mean, as much as uh, what you might call Jason Tatum is a great player in himself, I still think Jalen Brown is up there with Jason Tatum, and them together is still a pretty good threat in the East. Um, I mean, Jalen Brown is how old now? Like twenty? I want to say twenty-seven. I want to say he's turning twenty-six. T- turning twenty-six, so he's pretty still young. He's entering his prime pretty much, and uh, I mean, I still think with the death of the Boston Celtics that they have with Jalen Brown in, like still in the team, I still think uh, uh, they could get pretty far. I mean, if you trade away Jalen Brown and you know Marcus Smart, which is pretty much, I guess you could say, a quarter of their defense, maybe more of their uh, like a third maybe maybe even half of their defense away uh really to um the nets for kd i mean uh, i know kd's kd but it's it's gonna be a pretty tall price to pay for i want to say maybe two or three years of definitely championship contention okay i'm gonna i i have a foolproof argument against against the case you just put you guys put out okay here mm-hmm. it is he's kevin durant <laughs> he's one of the great he's a top 20 player of all time doesn't seem to be slowing down for the most part i know he's getting up there in age but his game is what is a game that should age very very well because he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that he can also shoot very well at seven feet tall and you can't teach that and the thing that the that the Celtics needed last year was just a guy to get buckets, to like really be able to get buckets. And for all the great things that Jalen Brown does, not a great handle. But he, he got stripped way more often than I, I would like to, I, I thought he would be stripped. Get constantly just got ripped by Gary Payton and those guys. It felt like, like he is a terrific player and he's only going to improve. Like I get it. I, but you're getting Kevin Durant, and sure, you're going to be losing a lot of defense that um, that Jalen Brown provides. KD has been the best defender on the Nets for the past like two years. Granted, mm-hmm. not exactly a high bar, but he's crazy long. He's crazy tall. He's still got pretty good quickness, and can kind of erase shots. And sure, you're trading away Marcus Smart in that deal. You still got Robert Williams back there. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just. I'm kind of I'm not the biggest Marcus Smart fan. Just the the ridiculous amount of flopping, uh, just the apps, the really erratic offensive like game that he has. Like again, I thought getting Malcolm Brogdon was so big for them because it just takes the ball out of Marcus Smart's hands. Mm-hmm. But no. I get your I get your argument. But it's Kevin fucking Durant. Yeah, I'm getting Kevin Durant. Now here's another dot. If the Boston Celtics with Marcus Smart is that kind of like losing, like a? Do you think Marcus Smart has that Patrick Beverly in him that the Boston Celtics need? I think people say that he does. I don't feel he is. Like sure, but I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think he's. I honestly think he's a bit overrated with his effect. Great defender, great locker room leader, but I think he's been toxic to that locker room to, to a certain degree. 
like when he called out like you know um Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum earlier in the season yeah I was like that's a great message I don't want to hear it from you <laughs> hear it from you <laughs> like you're not the guy to actually give that message because with the erratic garbage that you do sometimes I, I'm, I'm not with it and like the defensive part like when when Drew Holiday blocked him in game five I said he just got he just got packed by the real defensive player of the year Mm-hmm. It's like I I think he's great. Marcus Mart is great on defense. He provides a lot to that off. He provides a lot to that offense. Like the erratic play and all, great. You know, fits that team very well. Great defender. I don't think he's I don't think he's defensive player of the year in my opinion. But like, great, terrific player. Jalen Brown, great player. Gonna get better. You're getting Kevin fucking Durant. That's true. And you know, poor poor Derek White. Derek White's good too, but. Yeah. Come on, you're getting you're getting Kevin Durant. You're you're gonna be the throw in for that. Oh yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, did Boston ever find their point guard? No, I mean, I mean, like Malcolm Brogdon is gonna be that guy. And mm. I think I honestly think even if they don't make the KD trade, I think they're in a great position to win to win the championship because again, you take the ball out of Mark Smart's hands. Thank fucking Christ for mm-hmm. the, if you're a Celtics fan. But like again. Marcus Smart is is a big part of that team. He's not stopping me from getting KD. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. I would think of think about not giving up Jalen Brown before I give Marcus Smart. I'll just say that. Yeah. Granted, yeah. that's not a that's not a hot take. I I love Jalen Brown. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would have loved Jalen Brown in our team, but man, that his price is way too high now. Oh yeah, no, he's. And also, like, he's not going to be extending anytime soon either. So, like, you're going to have a tricky thing if you do trade for him. Like, you're going to – he's going to probably play out his contract and you're going to have to try and re-sign him with a, with a fear that he might go to another team. Most likely he may, yeah. How uh, long is his contract actually? He has two more years left, but he's going to play one more year and try and make all NBA so he can get max money, Ooh, basically. I see, I Because see. he's actually not on a max contract. He's, he has something close yeah. to a max contract. So he's actually one of the rare guys that the, the Nets can actually trade for. Mm, I see. If that's the case, he may have an easier time to make it all team in the, in the Nets, I feel. Yeah, Jalen Brown is really, really good. Yeah. But you're getting Kevin Durant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it all comes back to that. You're getting Kevin Durant. Oh man. I I I, I will say to count to like you know go against my point. Kevin Durant has played like 50 games the last two seasons, like each season. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a huge depth. Like you are gonna lose so much depth and like so much health. And yeah, you, you might, it, it's gonna be a risk to get KD, but he's he's Kevin Durant. He's really, really good, and probably it will be the difference between you winning a championship and not. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough, but we'll see if it actually goes down because this these kind of trades with Donovan and KD is definitely going to have to require. Oh, no, teams. no, 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 no. Don't, don't you put Donovan in the same vein as KD. Like, <laughs> they're, they're different tiers of players. I, I get yeah. what you're saying, but like, I mean, you're not trading Jalen Brown for Donovan Mitchell. You're never yeah. doing that. 
Marcus <sighs> Smart for Donovan Mitchell, maybe, but you know, they, they don't need they don't need a Donovan Mitchell if that's the case. No, that'd be very yeah. But uh yeah, we'll see. I want I man, that trade's gonna be huge when KD gets moved. And we're still waiting on it. I honestly don't think it's gonna happen at this point. And if you think about it's, it, like Kate, like you put Ben Simmons on that Nets roster, they're arguably a top four in the wet on the East and have a decent chance of making the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a bad team. It really isn't. It's yeah. just you have these errat, you have basically the most the weirdest characters in the entire NBA. You have Ben Simmons, who basically sat out an entire year. Uh, Kyrie, who won't play even when he's healthy because of the vaccine thing. And KD is just KD. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I brought up Donovan Mitchell, I forgot to mention or ask you, did you uh, see the news about how the talks with the Knicks with Donovan Mitchell uh, have been talked about for quite a while? Yeah, there, there's been stalling. Or this, the talks have quote unquote stalled, probably because they they probably trying to get a player from the Knicks that the Knicks don't want to give up. There's been talks about them not wanting to give up Quentin Grimes, for like for example, like there's a little bit of reluctance to maybe give up R.J. Barrett, and they, hell, there is actually pushback about how that Utah doesn't want uh, doesn't want R.J. Barrett, which is interesting. Okay, but there there's <laughs> there's hangups right now about which players are being sent back. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, they're they're even bringing like rant, like the fact that like Sacramento was brought up is like, what the fuck were you gonna give up? <laughs> give, <laughs> give up to like you know, uh, give up to Utah that the Knicks can't beat, and that is using us as leverage if anything. Mm-hmm. All smoke screens, really, right? All smoke screens, yes. Um, okay, I thought this was just funny. I, I, I don't know what to really say about it, but apparently uh, Zion's max contract has weight clauses, which makes sense that, you know, he basically missed an, he missed an entire season because he was fat. But, like, you break it all down. Like, I, I just thought it was funny that that's actually a clause in his contract. Jeez, really? So, On his actual contract? Yes, it's something about body fat percentage and weight can't exceed 295. Okay, did he? Ex- I mean, I guess he did exceed it. What is his uh, average weight now? Well, like his. Well, like we don't know, but like his his playing weight is around like two seventy two eighty. Like apparently he was way up. He was definitely above three hundred last last season. Uh huh. And like we saw, you know, not to even fat shame, but like we saw the Gatorade commercial. Was it no the Mountain Dew Mountain commercial? Dew. Mountain Dew commercial with him and Zach Levine. Like he looked fat in that in that commercial. Yeah, <laughs> and it is New Orleans. I get it. Like I've heard, New Orleans has really good food. Have you been to New Orleans? No, I have not. I, I've heard it's a great food scene there, um, mm-hmm. especially Bourbon Street. So it's just, I mean, like I get it. But Zion, you got to watch your weight because, like, you know, evolution. You're already like you're already breaking the evolutionary chain, anyways. Like evolution is not ready for how powerful you are. Like knees are not meant to be able to support that much force already like you, you gotta watch your weight <laughs> you really do mm-hmm. uh, from what i've seen i mean he looks like he's getting back to shape in terms of nba readiness Look, but, we, uh, i don't take anything from those damn instagram videos i just don't <laughs> yeah you think like ben, he's ben, simmons, ben simmons was like a goddamn was goddamn steph curry in the, in the offseason in pickup games it's 
it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully he gets back to his uh, usual weight and maybe a little more because I, I think he should be around the 250 mark, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> no, he is not 250. No. He's around like two, 270, 280, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming. Oh, like, yeah. He's a thick boy. Like he's not he's 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 a big boy and he's gonna be a goddamn bowling ball as soon as he like as soon as he gets on the court. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. In a in in a tone shift, let's talk a little bit about wrestling. So uh last episode, um the Vince McMahon news came down or came basically came up that he was gonna step down from the CEO position. I had said that doesn't mean shit because he basically hasn't really been the CEO for a while. He's delegated that to Stephanie McMahon and uh and Nick Khan for like a while now, anyways. Like what I was looking for was that he I thought I assumed he was still gonna be on creative and nothing was gonna change. Lo and behold, it, Triple H, it was it was announced by WWE, which you know you can take you can take that with a grain of salt on its own. Like he has taken over creative now, and you know, that's a good thing if it's actually real. And like there has been a, even a little bit of change on the shows already on SmackDown and Raw, like it's not groundbreaking quality but like there has been a quality change and it is for the better so my question to you is do you think things have changed is vince actually gone now well i want to say so since you know they actually uh announced that triple h is taking over it's gonna take a while for sure it's not gonna happen right away but from what i've heard i think there was um I forgot it was today's show or, well, I mean, today is SummerSlam or uh, a a future show where Triple H has taken over one of the matches in terms of creative. So we'll see. I'm not sure which one, though. I want to say it's probably the Seth Rollins one because Matt Riddle was just like, apparently it's a kayfabe injury. He was pulled out of the match. Oh. Right. I'm actually really excited to find out who it is, um, who the mystery opponent is. Is it going to be Johnny Gargano? That would be amazing if mm-hmm. it is Johnny Gargano. We're probably going to publish this after the show, but like if it is Johnny Gargano, I would pop. Mm. I, I, I actually, could, that sounds like a Triple H thing to do. Actually, like but. if it if Triple H is taking over, that's great. Like the WWE has been a pretty shit product, especially the main roster and even the NXT nowadays, because that's been taken over by Vince. Like it's Triple H has a style. Like NXT during that takeover era, the black and gold era, was the best product in best wrestling product in the world. It mixed in like indie wrestling with WWE production, just the perfect balance of all of those things. And it created just some of the greatest shows in the world. Like, and, and, you know, ever since they switched over to 2.0, it's been garbage for the most part. Like, it, no one watches it, and it's a bad product. And all, a lot of that is because of Vince and because they basically d- dismantled everything that Triple H had done. The, the point being is that Triple H created an incredible product, and I think he can do something similar. I don't think he'll change the main roster product all that much, honestly. But, like, if you just take, like, little bits and parts, like, coherent storytelling, like, not doing 10,000 rematches on the, on, the, uh, on the regular shows, like, it, that in itself would make such a much better product. And apparently, Vince, made, the reason why there were so many rematches on the regular shows is because Vince, Vince would forget that they happened. 
Oh, God. Like, that's the kind of shit we're dealing with. A, a dude with basically Alzheimer's. It's still, still like in denial that he is getting old and just cannot do the job anymore. Like, that's the kind of bullshit we're dealing with. Like, you get that shit gone, like, just that minimal stuff. Like, that makes for a better product right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he, uh, he gets the whole roster involved because, I mean, there's some people that, uh, some, I guess you could say jobbers that uh, were previous jobbers that should be, you know, up there in uh, terms of, uh, I guess, part of the story or whatchamacallit. I love Chad Gabe. I love Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. Like those guys deserve so much better than the garbage that they're getting. They have so much talent, yet they're wasting it because Vince McMahon is just, he's too small. Like, it's uh, like he's wasting a lot of talent. And Triple H, I think, will get like Mustafa Ali and Chad Gable something because those guys were pretty good in, uh, well, I don't, I don't think Mustafa Ali was in NXT, but like, you know, Chad Gable, when American Alpha was really good in NXT. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think he, he can, like, you can push like some of those talent and like, you know, just have them do something. They don't have to be main eventers. Like, although I would love Chad Gable as a main eventer, like you can just do something with them. They're so talented. They're, they're just, you, they were just being wasted away on the main roster. Also, by the way, I think this is actually good for AEW too, because now with all the talent that's out there, it doesn't always have to be AEW that signs them. They, they have too much goddamn talent as it is. Like they need to focus, they need to play with the toys that they have instead of constantly signing new talent. Um, and so like the, those, like the free agents, maybe they'll go back to WWE and like WWE can do something with them now. Hmm. Well, we shall see because uh, as of right now, I, I'm pretty sure SummerSlam's happening. And It is today, yes. Yeah, I wonder if today's SummerSlam is run by Triple H or... You know, still the remnants of uh, uh, what did you Vince McMahon. Well, the there are going to be remnants of Vince McMahon because Brock Lesnar is facing Roman Reigns again. Mm-hmm. It's their third time this year. Just think about that. Oh man, it's already like a little over half a year already. Yeah, and it's just yeah. I mean, like we'll see. I'm optimistic, but like, don't be crazy that Vince McMahon just pops up again. Once he, once this stuff maybe blows over, it's gotten pretty bad. I honestly still don't, I still believe he's back there lurking somewhere because I'm just one of those guys that doesn't believe it until he sees it because I'm one of those guys that did not believe that Cody Rose was coming back to WWE until he, <laughs> until he came back at WrestleMania. And honestly, I still don't believe he's, he's there. Like that, that's not Cody Rose. That's yeah, imposter. <laughs> I mean, he's still out with injury, right? He is out with injury, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when he comes back, you'll see that he's still there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I still don't believe. Um, last, a little quick bit, a tidbit. Uh, Dwight Howard um, took part in a WWE trial in Nashville, apparently cut a, a very impressive promo. From what I could hear from the promo, there he mentioned Shaq, because he, of course he mentioned Shaq. That is just, <laughs> just going to be a never-ending feud. Um, also, he apparently he is interested. Uh, if he t- probably doesn't get a contract, he might actually move over to the WWE. Oh, right, right away. Probably. Well, not right away. He's probably going to need some training. But yeah. Like, you know, at some point he will be on WWE. Yeah, from the highlights I saw, uh, just about him and uh, being the Nashville uh, was it tryouts. Uh, he he seemed pretty interested. <laughs> like uh, he was like watching. Uh, the trainers work with the ring and 
you know, even though the promo he cut out was probably like what a 30 second promo. I mean, he has the chops for it. He has the charisma. Uh, we'll see about the in-ring uh, talent, I guess. I'm very wary about Dwight Howard because he's a guy that will show enthusiasm to start. And then like, as the, like when it's actually time to go, he doesn't do the things right. We'll see. I mean, like from the promo he did, it is kind of good. Like mm-hmm. from what I heard and mm-hmm. like, and I did watch it. Like it was, it was pretty good. I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, you know, bring him as like a size, as like a freak show, not a freak show attraction, but like kind of like what Lo- what they're doing with Logan Paul. Uh, you can have him like come out, come out at like the big events and just do a random match against the Miz or Dolph Ziggler or some shit. Um, mm-hmm. That could work. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, but like, I'm not exactly like falling over the moon for WWE to sign him. Yeah, Jake is Jake Paul, right? I, I keep it's, on mixing the bros. It's Logan Paul. Logan Paul, yeah. Logan Paul kind of surprised me with his promos. I did expect him to be so. I guess you could say immersed into his character. Uh, well, I would I would disagree because he's trying to be a face, and it does not work. <laughs> he's mm. such a douchebag. But but great at WrestleMania, he was great at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we'll see where that goes because after I guess all the Miz stuff, I mean, where would he go next? Really, I guess that's what Triple H would do. Well, think about well we know what vince would do they would run it back <laughs> miz and miz and logan paul tag team again again and then break up again and then face them again at wrestlemania because of a fucking course um yeah um we'll, we'll see but yeah i'm, I'm actually kind of excited for tonight's wrestle or uh, SummerSlam. although i don't think i'll be able to watch live unfortunately but mm-hmm. i will catch the replay it's happening right now actually i think oh it is well shit right yeah, I'm actually I'm actually hyped for the UFC event too. Well, um, it's gonna be a busy day, and I'm gonna miss like half of it. Yeah, I mean that's what highlights are for, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Mm, I don't think so. I'm just waiting for that Kings news. Yep, waiting for them to sneak into that three team trade, that ten team trade. Just just get something. Just get another rotation player. I think we'll be good. Yeah, because it's still, what, a month away from preseason, I believe? Maybe two months, actually. Yeah, around two months. It's the end of July right now. So, like, the season doesn't start. and Preseason doesn't start until, I think, mid-September or late October. Or, like, mid-October. And then, like, the season doesn't start until October, uh, late October. So, we, we got time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just uh, I feel so long for some reason compared to last year. I mean, like, we're waiting for the KG news. Like, stuff was happening, if I remember right, like, last offseason, like, constantly. But right now, we're just waiting on the KD news, on the Donovan Mitchell news. And it's, again, it's completely debt gridlocked the entire league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's more uh, Niners and baseball news so far. So, I mean, there's Ew. that. Baseball. Ew. I gotta watch. I gotta watch baseball at some point. I've heard a lot of talk about it. I'm not into it right now, but maybe one of these days I'll learn. Football, yeah. I'm kind of more into. You guys still have Jimmy Garoppolo, from what I've heard. So yeah, cleared from medical. Cleared from medical. <laughs> Clear for trade? Yeah, no, no, no. He's seeking out, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you have nothing else, uh, let's call it a day. Um, thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yep.
We'll see you guys later. <laughs>